Hello, friends. Welcome to the Reachers Podcast. This is your host, Kelly Hensley, and today is, I believe, September the 12th. September the 12th. It is Sunday. It's the day that I hold as the day of rest, the day of serving, and uh, so I to be here another day, not because I don't want to go and be with him in heaven, it's because there's some people out there that need to be reached with the good news of the gospel. And today's episode, which is going to be episode number three, we're going to go through the book of Acts. And it and that's exactly what the book of Acts is all about. It's about getting out of your comfort zone, your comfort zone, and going out and reaching people for the glory of God and, and for the for the furtherance of his kingdom. So uh Today we're going to get into Acts chapter 1, folks. It's going to be fun. I enjoyed it. I've really put in a lot of time in in researching and jumping back and forth the verses to verse. And like I said, you, you probably won't know it because I'm not very good at organization. Uh, thinking about organization, my wife put me to work this last couple of days organizing our garage. And if anyone ever had to organize a garage, it is a task at hand. First, you had to pull everything out. Everything out. Then you had to clean everything. You had to sweep it out. Then you got to go to, to the lumber yard and you had to get all kind of stuff, all your materials, all your nails or screws. I use screws. And like I said, my wife wanted organization. She's an organizer. That's her spiritual gift. She's a very good organizer, and I am the bipolar opposite of organization. I am chaos. So when chaos meets organization, you've got a wild wind of trouble. And guess what? Organization always wins over chaos. You know, a lot of people say that the world was, um, was created through a big bang, and I've never seen a big bang that caused order. You understand? Usually a, an explosion causes chaos. But God spoke everything into resistance, and he causes order. So I'm going to go towards the biblical uh, aspects of creation. So that's just something new. It wasn't part of Acts, but it's something that you should know. And if you want to... Um, to go and discover it for yourself, do the work, do the footwork. You can see it all around you. You uh, ordered uh, chaos doesn't make a tree. Chaos does not make a car. Chaos does not make a house. But I know orders do. Order does make them things. So, all right, I'll get off that soapbox. Hopefully my recorder's working. I'm having all kind of problems. I've I really have recorded this uh, numerous of times, but uh, I kept on seeing a right error on my recorder. And I've done everything possible to make sure this doesn't happen, but it's still happening. So maybe the Holy Spirit does not want me to have a podcast. But until then, till that thing starts smoking and on fire and blowing up, which it might happen, I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I hope. All right, Holy Spirit, what's in this word? Let me get it out. You know I'm not good at this, so I'm relying on you. So let's get let's begin. Let's begin chap, uh, Acts chapter 1. And uh, we got Peter's ministry. It says the book of Acts begins where the gospel leaves off, reporting on the actions of the apostles and the work of the Holy Spirit beginning in Jerusalem, and the, the church is established and it grows rapidly, then faces intense persecution which drives the believers out into the surrounding areas. Through this dispersion, Samaritans and Gentiles hear the good news and believe. All right. There's some good things out come out of chaos. You know, I just told you that nothing good comes out of chaos. Well, the dispersion of the, the gospel did. You know, they had intense persecution. Hang on, get some water. 
All right. Got me some water. All right. Intense persecution calls the disciples to move. All right. Chaos calls them to move. And uh, in verse 1, it says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus. The former, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles who he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself after, uh, alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the father which said he ye have heard of me for John truly baptized with water but ye shall baptize with the Holy Ghost not many days hence not many days hence. That went along all the way to chapter 5. Let's back up. This the former treaties I have made. All right, the former treaties, treaties meaning books. O Theophilus. And I scratched my head on O Theophilus. I wanted to know who O Theophilus was. Because I'm going to tell you, in Luke uh, chapter 1, verse 3, he also wrote to Theophilus. And it, it spiked my interest here. So it says the book of Acts continues the story Luke began in his gospel covering the 30 years after Jesus' ascension and the short time the church was established and the gospel of salvation was taken throughout the world, even the capital of the Roman Empire. Those preaching the gospel through ordinary people with human frailties and limitations were empowered by the Holy Spirit to turn the world upside down. So... To turn the world upside down. Let me see here. I got a side note here of Acts seventeen six, and I, you know what? I put a little mark on my Bible for Acts seventeen six. All right, all right. This is it. Acts seventeen six, and when they found them alone, they drew Jason, a certain brethren, unto the rulers of the city crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. Those who turned the world upside down has come here also. We don't know much about Jason, except that he eventually was the local host and sponsor of Paul and Silas. Thus, he took the heat for all the problems, and Jason just one of many unsung heroes who faithfully prayed their part to help spread, uh, who, who faithfully played, not prayed, who faithfully played their part to help spread the gospel. Because of Jason's courage, Paul and Silas were able to minister more effectively. Uh, you may not receive much attention and maybe only grief for your service for Christ, but God wants to use you. Lives will be changed because your courage and faithfulness. Folks, just be courageous. Just do it. You don't know what you're doing uh, to the world. I mean, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know who you're affecting with your walk with Christ. So be courageous and be faithful. You know, if you're not courageous, be faithful. It says, throughout the book of Acts, we learn about the, na uh, the nature of the church and how we today are also to go about turning our world upside down. Are you doing anything to help turn this world upside down? The world hates the truth, but it loves its own sinful ways. It loves its passion, but it hates God's truth. Because God's truth, it's truth it, it goes against what they love. It goes against their good feelings. They want to feel good. They want that that fix through either bottle or through whatever they're into, whatever they're into. That's what they love. They hold dear to that, but they don't hold dear to life because if they held dear to life, they'll be holding dear to Christ and because He is the life. 
It says, the former treaties I have made. We know that Luke's first writing was the Gospel of Luke. It was also addressed to Theophilus, whose uh, name means one who loves God. And I've got, let me see here, I, I wrote something down. If I can find it, well, let's just beat up the microphone. Well, for some reason, I turned the pages of my book here. And I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is. But it's pretty cool. About, let's just do it by memory. How about that? Theopolis was most likely a... Uh, hang on, folks. You know what? I put a tab in my Bible to talk about this. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Okay. Theophilus was, was, was thought to be a Roman citizen, a uh, acquaintance of Luke, and he had a intense interest in the gospel, in the gospel. Uh, like I said, if I didn't turn the page of Luke, I think it's Luke 1-3, if you want to look for yourself. 1-3 is when Luke started talking about Theophilus. E no. There you go. All right. One, three. It said, It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order to most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightst knowest the certainty of those things wherein thou hast instruct, been instructed. All right. It's, we said Theophilus means the love of God. The book of Acts, also written by Luke, is likewise addressed to Theophilus. Thus may be a general dis, uh, a dedication to all Christian readers. More likely, Theophilus was a Roman acquaintance of Luke with a strong interest in the new Christian religion. Like I said, I, I had that wrote down somewhere, but I, I done messed my notes up, folks. I don't know where all those things went to. So let's get back to uh, verse 2. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that through the Holy Ghost had given commandments. Had given commandments. Let's talk about these commandments that Jesus gave. I think I know what he's talking about. It says, Jesus gives the Great Commission. If you want to look at this in Matthews 28... I'm going to go through 16 through uh, 20, and uh, let me begin. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into the mountain where Jesus had appointed them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Some doubted. This is when Jesus uh, first was raised from the dead, and some, when they saw him, they, they worshipped him. Some doubted that it was him. But when Jesus came and spake unto them, all power was given unto me in heaven and earth. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Man, Jesus is with us always, even to the end of the world. It says in, in um, 18 of uh, Matthew, it says, God gave Jesus authority over heaven and earth. On the, on the basis of that authority, Jesus told his disciples to make more disciples as they preach, baptize, and taught. With this same authority, Jesus still commands us to tell others the gospel and make them disciples for the kingdom. That's our commandment, folks. It's not asking, it's a commandment. When someone's dying or leaving us, his or her last words are very important. Jesus left the disciples with these last words of instruction. See, instruction, that's what I like. My wife gave me instruction to, to fix that... Uh, chaos of a garage that we had and i can follow instructions and jesus gave us these constructions that it's not just for the disciples it's for us as well they were under the authority 
They were to make more disciples. They were to baptize and teach these new disciples to obey Him, and He would be with them always. Whereas in previous missions, Jesus had sent His disciples only to the Jews, their mission from now on would be worldwide. Jesus is Lord of the earth, and He died for the sins of people from all nations. Where to go? We are to go whether it is next door or to another country and make disciples. It's not an option, but command to all who call Jesus Lord. We are not evangelists. We're not all evangelists. We're not all evangelists, but we have all received gifts that we can use to, in helping fulfill the Great Commission. As we obey, we have comfort in the knowledge that Jesus is always with us. So we have every bit of the uh, resources at our fingertips. We can call upon Jesus at any time and any, any part of the day to help us with this commission to go reach the lost. So we have, we're without excuse. We have everything that we need here to go and fulfill God's purpose in our life. Everything. says Jesus explained that with His coming, the kingdom of God was inaugurated. When He ascended into heaven, God's kingdom would remain in the hearts of all believers through the presence of the Holy Spirit. But the kingdom of God will not be fully realized until Jesus Christ comes again to judge all people and remove all evil from evil from the world. Until the time uh, believers are to work to spread God's kingdom across the world. The book of Acts records how this work was begun, what the early church started. We must continue. Man, we've got everything laid out. We don't we have a game we have a game plan here to go reach people, to get out of our padded pews to get out our, uh, our blessed assurance and go outside. You have to go outside for this. You have to go outside your comfort zone. You have to go outside your home. You have to go outside your church and reach those who are outside those city gates. We must go out and bring people in. I'm not talking about bring them into the church. This is not a witnessing tool. Asking somebody if they go to church is not a witnessing tool, okay? You ask somebody if they go to church, you're probably just going to make them mad. That is not speaking the gospel. Speaking the gospel is going out and, and sharing your life with them. What did Jesus do for you? That's what's going to win people to the Lord. What, where were you at when you met Jesus? If you want to reach your friends, let them see a end product or a product in, in process of being finished. You can't go and reach people with a, uh, of a mess that's in your life. You've got to take that mess to the Lord and allow Him to clean it up. I'm, I had to get cleaned up as, as well. And I'm not telling you to clean yourself up. You cannot. No one can follow the law. And, and be seen righteous in God's eyes. The law is made to show you that you're imperfect. You're not, you're not there yet. You need a Savior. Lost people, you need a Savior. The law is perfect for that. The law will show you your imperfections. It will show you, it's like a mirror, you know. It'll show you a magnifying mirror at that. It'll show you deep crevices of all the imperfections and all the, the filthiness that we have in our lives. And it will point us to the solution. The solution is Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. And uh, as soon as we can figure that out, the Holy Spirit allow us. He will show us where, where we're failing at being a Christ-centered person. You know, our end result is Jesus. That's what we're being made into, like the potter who makes his, his, his perfect creation. And he sets it up, but then he's like, hey, I'm going to change his creation. I don't need another cup. I'm going to need a saucer. So he makes it into a saucer, and he has every right to make that, 
it, that cup into a saucer because it, it, it really uh, works for his purpose. And that's what he's doing to us. He's creating us for his purpose. You know what? Some of us don't want to be a, a saucer. A saucer's beneath a lot of us. But you know what? If it glorifies God to be that saucer, if it glorifies God and, and works more perfectly in His will to be that saucer, I'll, I'll, I'll be glad to be a saucer. I'll be glad to be a saucer. Um, if that's proper English, that's how it's the plate underneath the cup for uh, all the people who don't understand Southern English. So uh, I don't know what it's called. But anyway, I got off on a rant. I don't even know where I, I left off. We're just going to pick up on something, okay? We're going to pick up on, uh, hey, we're going to move on up to, all right. That was three. It says, many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together from Jerusalem. But wait for the promise of the Father. Wait. That's something I have a hard time doing. I have a hard time waiting for some reason. It says, Jesus instructed his disciples to witness to people of all nations about him. Uh, we already talked about Matthew and the Great Commission, but they were told to wait first for the Holy Spirit. God has important work for you to do for him, but you must do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. We often like to get on with the job, even if it means running ahead of God. But waiting is sometimes part of God's plan. Are you waiting and listening for God's complete instructions? Or are you running ahead of His plans? We need God's timing and power to be, a truly, to be truly effective. And I'm going to tell you, I am very guilty of this. I run ahead all the time. Even... You know, if someone at church asks me to do something, I think it's, oh, God must want me to do it. So I just jump in without praying, without doing, without seeking counsel of the person that really matters. I'll jump in and I make a mess of it and I wear myself out. And like I said, when you're in a uh, position that you're not designed to be in, and you're just, you're running against the, the downward stream like a trout. You know, trout goes upstream. Well, you're running upstream is what I'm trying to say. And like I said, you uh, you'll you'll wear yourself out because you're not in you're not in your place. You're not in your gift. But once you you find your perfect gift, you uh, you you really fit. I often tell people that I always I always felt like a puzzle piece in the wrong box. Of course, I can fit in there. I can force myself in it. But, but I really uh, uh, illustrate the picture that God tried to design for my life. So uh, there's nothing wrong with trying things, folks. There's nothing wrong with trying. I tried to be a Sunday school teacher. I tried to play the guitar at church. I tried. I even done a, a layman revival one time, and uh, and I'm not saying that that I I I did a terrible job. But I just never really felt like I, I fit in that position. But I tried. So I had to find what I really fit in. And what I really fit, and I feel that God's really called me to do, is as you go ministry. Because that's the only thing that I've ever done in my entire life that actually fit the right box of the puzzle. I, I fit into this. I can go to people and tell them about the Lord. Complete strangers, you know. It's not hard for, it, it is difficult. I'm not going to say it's not difficult, but it seems like it flows better. And I do have setbacks, and I do have times where I don't want to do it. I have times where I get tired of doing that, and I'm like, Lord, why do you have me here? But uh, but all in all, in the big picture, man, I can, like, you give me the time, and you give me the place, I can go there. And I can spread the gospel through tracks. And I think we have uh, a very shortage of people doing that today. It's, it's just shortage of people going out into the streets and tell their communities and wherever they go and tell them about a man named Jesus who changed their lives. 
We need more men and women to be the book of Acts type of people who are not afraid to go out and tell people about Jesus. We need men like this. And that's what God gave us instructions through Acts. And I'm so thankful for going through Acts. So let me get back on track. I will get off track time to time. Verse 6, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Man, they're still thinking about Jesus being the king of earthly Israel. That's what they're concerned with right now. But here's what Jesus' answer is. It says, And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the time or the season for which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The uttermost part of the earth is to the ends of the earth. So let's see what we got to say about this. It's okay. During the year of Jesus' ministry on earth, the disciples continually wondered of his kingdom. When would it come? What, what would their role be in, ter- in the traditional view? The Messiah would be part of the earthly conqueror who would free Israel from Rome, but the kingdom Jesus spoke about was first a spiritual kingdom established in the hearts of lives of believers. God's presence and power dwell in believers in the person of the Holy Ghost. So we got God's power uh, and His kingdom inside us. So when we join together and we're all filled with the Spirit, we're kingdom people. We're all walking kingdom people now. If If you're one of His, you are a citizen of heaven not present, I mean, not not future tense, it's present tense. We are citizens of heaven. So we can rejoice in that. And you know what? I want more citizens of heaven that, that will walk with me in this life. It says, like other Jews, the disciples, uh, they didn't like to be under Roman rulers. They hated it. They wanted Jesus to free Israel from Rome, Roman power, and then become their king. Jesus replied that God the Father sets the timetable for all events, worldwide, national, and personal. If you want change in your life that God hasn't yet made, don't become don't come impatient like me. Instead, trust in his timetable. I've got to trust in God's timing. I gotta stop putting it on my time. I gotta stop uh having it my way. I love Burger King. I love it. But you know what? I can't have it my way all the time. And you know, in Jesus, God knows the right way anyway. It's always better when the Holy Spirit's involved. When I do things, it's usually, you know, it comes in, it's a disaster. It says, The power from the Holy Spirit is not limited to strength beyond the ordinary. The power, the power also involves courage, boldness, confidence, insight, ability, and authority. The disciples would need all these gifts to fulfill their mission. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can experience the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. All right. A lot of people think that the Holy Spirit is just, He's a showboat. He's going he's gonna to have all these great things happen at your church. Uh, every, every time something happens at the church, it's the Holy Spirit. Every time you feel something inside you, it's the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit does not work like that. It's not a feeling. He's a person, and He allows you to have the abilities to get the mission done. All right? Get the mission done. I've heard of people leaving their church because they didn't feel it. I didn't feel the Spirit there. I didn't feel it. Well, hmm, I hate it for you, but the Holy Spirit is not a feeling. He's a person. He's going to guide you through all truth. Uh, just be able to understand in this Bible, that's the Holy Spirit. I'm not feeling the understanding of the Bible. It's just happening as I go. When I go out in my daily ministry and I talk to someone, I don't have a feeling of the Holy Spirit, but I do have the ability 
to speak. I have the ability to stand. I have the boldness. I have the encouragement. And I have the love in my heart for someone I don't know. Man, that's the power of the Holy Spirit working with me. Love a complete stranger. That's not my ability, folks. I don't have the ability to just love just anyone. I don't have the ability to love my neighbor. I mean, my uh, my enemy. Boy, that's power. That's power to ha- to love someone who hates you, to love someone who despises you, who makes fun of you, who probably done things to you that 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 is unmentionable, and you can still love that person. That's power of the Holy Spirit, folks. It's not a feeling. It's power. So. That's my rant. It says, Jesus promised disciples that they would receive power to witness. See, they got the power to witness after they received the Holy Spirit. Notice the progression. They will receive the Holy Spirit. They will receive the Holy Spirit. He would give them power. And three, they would witness with extraordinary results. We often try to reverse the order and, and witness by our own power and authority. So let's see what that sounds like. Um, excuse me. It says they would witness with extraordinary results. Then he would give them power. Then one, they would receive the Holy Spirit. It does not work in reverse. It reverse, it, it just don't make sense. So we're going to use it as it comes. We receive the Holy Spirit. He gives us power. Then we witness with extraordinary results. Witnessing is not showing what we can do for God, but showing and telling what God has done in us. Like I said before, that showing what God's done in your life is going to win people to the Lord. And we got to tell it in truth, folks. We got to be very truthful. You know, sometimes you ever heard the story, the, the truth hurts? Well, it does, because you know what the truth means? You got to tell people about sin. You got to tell people about the punishment of, of, of sin, which is death. You got to tell people about God's uh, prison for that, uh, that people rightly merit for their sins, which is hell. A lot of people don't like talking about hell, but hell's a real place. Hell's God's, uh, like I said, prison without parole. But you got to also tell people the good news. You cannot have good news until you know the bad news, right? The good news is so much better when you got the bad news first. That's why most people tell you the bad news first. So you tell them the bad news, but then you start telling them the good news, that God loved. Remember John three sixteen that God so loved the world He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believeth on Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's good news. God has made the way for us unrighteous sinners to be righteous in His eyes. We can be made righteous and whole through our faith and trust in Jesus alone. And there's going to be some repentance involved. A lot of people are very unrepentive, and they don't... I've heard people say, oh, repentance is not necessary. Uh, Well, I'm sorry. A change of heart is necessary. A change of direction is necessary. A change in in your daily actions is necessary to uh, come to Christ. It is. You have basically agreeing that God's right. I agree that you're right and I need to be righteous through your son Jesus. That's what repentance is. It sounds like a very bad churchy word, but it's not. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Let's go on to um, chapter 9. Chapter 9. It says, and we and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Oh man, that has to be an awesome sight. If you don't believe after seeing that, you don't believe that after Jesus died, buried, resurrected, then you see him lifted up into the sky and cloud in the clouds. Um, you're not gonna believe anything if you don't believe that. If you don't see it, if you see it with your own eyes and you still like, well, I don't know about that. That's some, where's the ropes at? Somebody's pulling him up. No, that is the power of God lifting his son up. Okay. 
It says, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand up ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So as he goes up to heaven, we're going to see him come back in a like manner. And I'll tell you what, if I turn around and I was looking up and I was seeing my Lord and Savior go up into heaven into a cloud, then all of a sudden there's two people dressed in white saying, you men of Galilee, and that's kind of, that spooked me a little bit. But let's see what it has to say here. It said it was important for the disciples to see Jesus taken up into heaven. Then they knew about the, without any of the doubt that he was God and that his home was in heaven. So they needed to see that. Uh, many people need to see that in our lives today. Many people need to see that that we believe and we trust in this God who uh, came to earth and it was taken up in like manner and is going to come back in like manner. It says, After 40 days with his disciples, Jesus ascended into heaven. Two angels proclaimed to the disciples that one day Jesus would return in the same way he went bodily and visibly. History is not haphazard. It is moving toward a specific point, uh, the return of Jesus to judge and rule over the earth. We should be ready for his sudden return. Uh, in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.2, it says, For yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in a night. Folks, are you ready? Like a thief in a night. A thief in a night comes... Un- unexpectedly. You know, a thief ain't going to announce his coming, okay? He's not going to announce your, his coming. So you've got to be prepared for Jesus' coming because we're not promised today or tomorrow. Right now, right now is what we got. This second. The next second, we don't know. We have no idea. But the Bible says to be ready for the coming of Jesus and be ready for the time that you may depart. It says, not by standing around gazing up into heaven, but by working hard to share the gospel so that others will be able to share in God's great blessing also. Do you love your neighbors, folks? Do you love them? Share the gospel. Tell them the truth. All right, folks, we got a replacement for Judas. We got a replacement for Judas. And who is it? That's what I want to know. I'm getting getting anxious. I need to know who's going to be the number 12 again. We got 11 so far. Then returned they unto Jerusalem. This this is verse 12. Then they turned unto Jerusalem from the mount called Oliviet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. Let's stop right there. That's verse 12. A Sabbath day journey. A Sabbath day journey is a distance of 2,000 cubits that under a rabbi law, a Jew might travel on limit to travel 2,000 cubits. All right, folks, I've done the math. I've done the math. One cubit is 18 inches. That is a, a foot and a half. And a mile, I believe, is 5,280 feet. 5,280 feet. If you do the math, um, that's about a 1.7 miles. So they can travel 1.7 miles uh, on a Sabbath day. That's By law, they were able to do that. To get around. It says, and that's how far it was from when they traveled. And when they were come in, they went up into a upper room where a bald, a, 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 where Peter and James were, and John and Andrew and Phillips and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of, uh, of Phileas, and Simon Zealots, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one another accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. All right, let's stop there for a minute. We'll catch our thoughts. It says, After Christ ascended into heaven, the disciples immediately returned to Jerusalem and had prayed and had a prayer meeting. Jesus said that they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days, so... They waited and prayed. 
When you face a difficult task, an important decision, or baffling dilemma, don't rush into the work. Just, just hope it, and, and I mean, don't rush into the work and just hope it happens the way it should. Instead, your, your first step should be to pray for the Holy Spirit's power and guidance. So stop, drop, and pray. So if you have a dilemma in your life, it don't matter how big, how small, stop, drop, and pray. So these all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication. They all continued in prayer. They wanted to know what to do. They wanted to know. They had a dilemma. They needed another witness in their group. You know, they lost one, um, Judas. So they, they're looking for another one, and they looked up for the right person to help them with this task. They asked Jesus to help them. So at this time, Jesus and brothers were the uh, disciples during Jesus' time. At this time, Jesus' brothers were with the disciples. During Jesus' lifetime, they did not believe he was the Messiah, but his resurrections must have continued to convict them uh, that Jesus... Hang on. I'm messing up here. Hang on. Let me get my my due north here. Let me get my due north. I wasn't even going to read that. Okay, let's get let's get back to the business here. Basically what it's saying that Jesus' brothers did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah during his lifetime, but after this his resurrection and ascension onto heaven, they witnessed that. Boy, they became very bold in their belief in Jesus. They came very bold and they were willing to do what it took to uh, to uh, pass on the knowledge that they seen of their risen Savior. Hey, he was a brother. They lived with him. Uh, imagine you, you're one of your siblings uh, that you lived and you spent your whole life just so happened to be the Son of God. Would you, would you believe? It'd be hard for me to believe to know my brother after all the stuff that we've been through. We we about beat each other up when we was kids. And you tell me now he's the Messiah? Hmm. I'll have some I'll have some deep thought on that. But anyway, it's, let's go back to eighteen or go to eighteen. It says now this man purchased a field with a reward of iniquity. Okay. Make sure I didn't Alright. Yeah, now this man purchased a field with a reward of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst asunder, talking about Judas, in the mist. And all his bowels gushed out. Man, that's pretty. That's pretty gross, man. I can't believe they wrote this in the in the Bible. But you know, the Bible's true, and sometimes the truth is graphic. And this is very graphic. It was known until all the dwellers of Jerusalem, is so much as the field is called in their proper tongue, a um. I forgot how I looked at this word so many times, and now that I got to it. I'm not going to be able to say it. A seldoma. That's what I'm going to say, a seldoma. That is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his inhabitants be uh, desolated, and let no man dwell therein. Hmm. Habitation be desolate. That's what that means. It means house is empty. Let his house be empty. And let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another one take. Let his office let another one take. His office is about to be taken by another man. Let's see who it is. Wherefore of these men which have com- uh, accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be uh, ordained, to be a witness with us as his resurrection. Let one be ordained. Let's see who it is. It says, uh, there were many who constantly followed Jesus throughout his ministry on earth. The 12 disciples were his inner, inner circle, but others shared the discipleship's deep love 
and commitment of Jesus. So they were a, a bunch of people, a bunch of people that, uh, you know what, I think I skipped, I did skip 15 through 17. Hmm. Well, I'll get back to it. All right. I did skip it. Sorry. Sorry. I get carried away. All right. Where was that? It says a possible, uh, man, I have really made a mess of this, but it's okay. It's okay. I'll fix it. Well, the Holy Spirit will fix it because I can't fix anything. It says, okay, it was written in the book of Psalms. Let his inhabitants be desolated. We already talked about that. Let his house be empty. And his bishopric, let another one take his office. Someone's going to take it. And that right there is verse 20. Let me move back to 15, okay? I'm going to move back to 15 because I did skip it. It says, In those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, Men and brethren, this scripture must, must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was the guide to them that took Jesus. So uh, Judas guided those folks to take him, for he was a member with us and had obtained part of his ministry. All right. This is going to make sense for the next stuff because in this, he, he said the numbers of names together were about 120 people. So there was 120 people in that building as Peter stood up and boldly started to preach or speak. It says in 21, Wherefore of these men which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. All right? That makes more sense when you know there's a bunch of men, and there's actually a bunch of women in there as well. So there's a bunch of followers of Jesus in there, and there's a bunch of them that followed him from the very day that uh, the Holy Spirit fell on him. It, when uh, John baptized him in, in the uh, Jordan, it says, beginning with the baptism of John until the same day that he was taken up from us, must one of be ordained to be witnesses with us of his resurrection. They needed one more in their circle, their inner circle of 12. Like I said, there's 120 of them there, but there's inner circle of 11 minus, you know, 12 minus one of Judas. Now they're going to make, make it 12 again. In verse 23, and they appointed to Joseph called Barsimus, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, showed rather of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of the ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lots fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. All right, folks, that is the end of of chapter one of Acts. So we got we've got the twelfth disciple. Way to go, Matthias. That's my hand clap of praise for Matthias. He won the prize. He is number twelve of the apostles. It says the apostles had to cho choose a replacement for Judas Scarlet. They outlined specific criteria for making the choice. And when the finalists had been chosen, the apostles prayed asking God to guide their selection process. This gives us a good example of how to proceed when we're making important decisions, set up a criteria consistent with the Bible, examine alternatives, and pray for wisdom and guidance to reach the wise decision. We are to pray. We are to set up a, a guideline that aligns with our belief through the Bible. Uh, and then... We should go to prayer for the final decision. Have the alignment with God's Word. Ask God to make the choice. That takes us out of the equation, all right? It takes us, uh, for the final choice, it takes us out of the equation. We still got to do the footwork to get everything together through His God, through God's Holy Word. 
But when we want to make that final fine-tuned um, decision, just ask. God said, ask, and thou shalt receive, as long as it's according to his will. It's not talking about you getting a Lamborghini or you uh, throwing the winning touchdown. A lot of people take that out of context. This means the alignment of God's will. And God's will is that everyone on this earth be reached with the gospel. The story of his son uh, being the payment of our sin. All right, folks, we're going to wrap this up. It says the disciples uh, became apostles. uh, Disciples means follower or learner. And apostle means messenger or missionary. I'm going to tell you, you know, if if you're in the missionary work and uh, you are a messenger of God's holy word, if you would like, you can probably call yourself apostle. I'm not calling myself Apostle Kelly. Don't worry. But uh, I think I may have the right to. But like I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to be Kelly. I'm not worthy to have that kind of name. So uh, that wraps up chapter one. I probably made a mess of it at the end. And that's okay. That's okay. I'm just shows you my, uh, what's that? At the beginning, he said, we're frail. We're frail and, and we got limitations. But you know what? The Holy Spirit will help us through our frailties and our limitations on this earth. And He will empower us with abilities to get through. And like I said, this may not, may not be awesome, uh, but uh, the, the job will be done. So uh, let me get off here and uh, we will join each other again. It's been a pleasure. And I think someone's banging upstairs i think my daughter my daughter weighs probably 30 pounds soaking wet but she can make some noise on top of that uh on top of the ceiling i'm in the basement right now so um hey let me pray for your day and we'll get back to this whenever whenever i don't know when the next one come out but uh it should be shortly let me pray heavenly father lord thank you for this day lord thank you for another breath in these lungs Thank you for the ability through the Holy Spirit to speak about your son, Jesus, and the love that you have for us, God, that you will send him uh, to earth, Father, to uh, be like us, to feel our pain and our frailties, Lord. I pray, Father, that you can just use us, Lord, as we are. Uh, transform us, God. I know it's a as-you-are type uh, invitation, but, God, you don't want to leave us the way you found us. You want to continue to change our lives, Lord, and our our hearts and our minds and put us on a direction, God, that will will help you and serve you in a way, Lord, that gives you honor and glory. And, Father, I pray, Lord, that you give us that power through the Holy Spirit, God, that we can reach the uttermost parts of the world, Father, with with the good news of the gospel. And I pray, Lord, that you just give us all power, Father, to, um, to equip us, Lord, to do your work. And Father, we love you and we honor you today, God. And we give you the reverence that you deserve. For in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We'll see you. This is the Reacher's Podcast.